Hi, my name is Robert McMahon. I'm the Connection Director here at Covenant Church, and I'm thrilled that you're listening. If you're checking us out for the first time, welcome. We're so glad that you're here, and I'd like to take this chance to invite you to let us know that you're tuning in today. We'd love nothing more than to help you start building meaningful relationships and to join you on the journey of faith. Just go to bgcovenant.org connect and let us know how we can be in touch. With that said, let's dive in and listen together to this week's message. Today, uh, in our sermon series, we're going to move through uh, our next week of Christmas at Covenant. So we started in the first week with uh, preparation. We were talking about preparation, how do you prepare your heart for a season. Last week, we went through anticipation, which is a, a whole nother level, like it's preparation plus. And then this week, we move on to declaration. Declaration. And so in order to get there, I need to confess something to you. I have a problem. Uh, if you and I are in a room having a conversation and someone turns on a television with the sound on, I am no longer in the room with you. I don't know if you're like this. I don't know how many of you. I think every household has one person who has this affliction. But my brain wants to listen to both, and I'm no longer listening to you because the moving pictures from some far-off galaxy sort of entrance me. It can't just be background noise. There's no such thing as passive noise in a room. I grew up in a house. My, my mom likes to have the television on while she's cooking in the kitchen. And I might as well, you know, she's not there. I'm just looking at whatever is on the screen. My wife is similar. She would uh, grow up in the same sort of house. She likes to have a television on in the morning when she's getting ready. She's got the news or whatever. And she knows that if she's talking to me and there's something on a screen that's moving with sound... I have to have the thing muted, paused, turned off, whatever. Otherwise, I'm not taking in any information. It's a problem for me. Uh, It takes all my concentration to avoid it, even things I don't like or care about. It doesn't matter what's on the screen. Hunting show, dancing with the stars, women's lacrosse, it doesn't matter. I'm watching and I'm curious about why they made the choices they make. What are these uniforms about? Do all women's lacrosse players wear long socks? Why do you think they do that? I'm thinking these things while you're telling me about your life. So, um, my family uh, thinks I'm strange. (laughs) They're not right. But (laughs) I mute all commercials in our house. So, if we're watching uh, sports, we're watching a basketball game, and a commercial comes on, we mute it immediately. So, the commercial plays, but as long as there's no sound, I can then have conversations with other humans. But it only gets weird when people who don't live in our house come to visit, and we're watching something, and then it strangely goes dead silent as soon as a commercial comes on. And then I hear my children whispering to friends, my dad is sort of weird. He mutes all the commercials. (laughs) If I come visit you in the hospital, just so you know, they got that television up there bolted to the wall. You have that little snaky thing in the bed that has the volume in it. If that is on and the volume is on, I am trying to listen to you about what is wrong with you, but I am definitely interested in what's on HGTV right now. This is true. This is real. Recently, uh, one of our uh, church members, Jeff Stawarski, Jeff is watching from home, so I'm waving at Jeff on the screen. Jeff had a kidney transplant. Super successful. Awesome. He's doing great. We're so excited. God has blessed him. So I'm sitting with Jeff's wife, Shelly, in the uh, surgery waiting room. And we are having a conversation. We're there for a long time. We're just hanging out. And every so often, she sees my eyes. There's a big screen television on a wall, like way over there. It's 20 feet away. I don't care about the NFL, but I'm pretty sure the Steelers were playing the Jaguars. The weather was like 45 and raining. I was pretty interested in the state of the field at the time because I like when it gets muddy. And I'm just half watching. I don't care what's happening. And eventually she goes, do you like football? And I went, I think she caught me looking at this game. (laughs) I said, actually, I don't at all. But 
there's moving pictures and I can hear what they're saying and I'm just really got to, you know, so it's a real problem. So if I come visit you at the hospital, you will notice that I turn my back to the television because I don't need to be able to see what's there. This is a real problem. Some of you are confused. You have the news on in the morning. You have a television in your kitchen or your bedroom or you, you can have your phone doing one thing and you can pay attention to another thing. I don't know how you're like this, but you are. My wife could be making the most profound declaration of my life and I would be distracted by the commercial on the screen. I'd say, honey, that's interesting, but I need to ask my doctor if prescription strength Rinvoke is right for me. <laughs> there are declarations and there are distractions. Declarations, distractions. This peaks during the Christmas season. There's a declaration happening and the season is full of distractions. This is not just at my house, but just at my house, just in my family. We have already gone to two Christmas work parties, three friend gift exchanges, three Christmas band slash orchestra concerts. I have two girls in the Nutcracker in five days. Great seats, still available. Come see me. We've been making countless airport trips, hosting my mother. Hi, mom. My mother-in-law. Hi, mom. You're welcome. We're glad you're coming. Um, I'm going to talk to the screen today. Um, Father-in-law's coming. Stepmom's coming. Out-of-town friends are coming. People are coming to see the Nutcracker. They're coming to stay with us. They represent love and joy and excitement and family and distraction. Then there's Christmas Eve. Christmas Eve around here. It's a work day for me, so Christmas Eve is a work day. I love Christmas Eve. It's one of my favorite services of the year. Last year, we had a flood. That was fun. Distraction. As soon as we get through Christmas Eve, it's my oldest daughter's birthday on the 26th. It's so much fun. It's so much joy. She gets forgotten, but we're all happy. It's fine. It's great. And then more family shows up to celebrate their Christmases, more birthdays, New Year's. Distraction peaks during Christmas. And distraction obscures declaration. Distraction obscures declaration, and what that ends up doing for us, if there's a message we're supposed to hear and we can't quite hear it, that creates a low-level stress. The same way that when I'm trying to listen to my wife, but I'm really interested in the show that's on the screen, I'm frustrated that the thing I'm trying to do, I can't quite do. And I think you and I, walking through the Christmas season, we have a sense that there's a reason for this whole thing. We have a sense that there is a declaration being made that we're supposed to receive. We have a sense that there's a point. And yet the distractions of the season create a low-level stress that bubbles up in each and every one of us. And whether you're in my boat of the overburdened, overscheduled craziness season, or you have some other inklings of how this season creates issues and anxieties in you, we all feel some stress in the season. So much so, it's not just me. You're thinking, you're really projecting here, buddy. I don't know if I feel the way you feel. I'm not projecting. Um, the Ohio State University released a study last month. Okay, Last month, they released a study. Here is the response of their questionnaire. 81% of Americans are stressed about national issues, world affairs. 75% are stressed about the rising prices and holiday spending. 53% of Americans are stressed about Increasing cases of flu, COVID, and other respiratory illnesses, and 44% are stressed from the memories, just memories are stressing us out now, of last year's holiday travel meltdown. 44% of us are stressed about last year's travel holiday meltdown. You know what I was, I was thinking? Last year we got stuck in the airport, and that's stressing me out. I don't know. Maybe. That's what it says. It, there was one other thing that wasn't on there. 100% of Ohio residents that said are stressed that their football team belongs to Michigan now. 
Too soon? I've waited three years. I keep waiting for it to not happen, but you know. <clears throat> That's kicking you when you're down. I shouldn't have said that. Okay. Not just Ohio State, uh, the American Psychological Association has their own graph of all the things. What are the leading holiday stressors? Lack of time, lack of money, commercialism or hype, pressure of giving or getting gifts, family gatherings, staying on a diet, credit card debt, travel, children. Are you stressed yet? More than this, if you're a woman in the room, multiple different sources have said you feel it more. On average, who keeps the calendar in the household? You feel the stress more. What's my point? It can be hard amidst this type of information, uh, this sort of season. It can be hard to hear the whisper from God when the world is shouting so many other things. Distraction obscures declaration. And in it all, in the midst of it all, I think God is still making a declaration to you in the season. So what we're going to do today is look at the accounts of angels in the nativity story. We're going to look at the accounts of angels that appear. We're going to hear the declarations that are made. And then what we're going to do is ask, which declaration do you need to hear today? We're not going to get into a deep theology of angels. If you're waiting for that, keep waiting. We'll get there. Never. Basically, they're God's created messengers, and they do his will, and they spread his word. Okay? And that's as far as we'll go with that. So let's just jump through. And we're going to walk through one at a time each of the different uh, angel appearances and just listen to what they say. We'll come back around at the back end and we'll try to make sense of it. Matthew uh, chapter 1, verse 20. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. So, Angel appears to Joseph, do not fear, Jesus is coming. And then after he's born, Matthew 2, verse 13, when they had gone, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. And he said, get up, take the child and his mother and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. Second appearance. Then they take Jesus to Egypt in Matthew 2, verse 19 and 20. After Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up and take the child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who are trying to take the child's life are dead. In the book of Luke, angels appeared to Zechariah, Mary, and the shepherds. We'll read it. Luke chapter 1, verse 11. Then an angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zechariah saw him, he was startled and gripped with fear. But the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. So he says, do not fear. And then he says, it's in Luke 1, 19, the angel said to him, I am Gabriel and I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and tell you this good news. So do not fear, bringing good news, Luke 1, 26. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy then, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And the angel said to her, greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. The Lord is with you. Do not fear. I bring good news. You're the vessel to bring the Savior, she's told. And then we pick up in Luke 2, verse 8. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Angels are showing up all over the place. And the message is repeated over and over. Do not fear. The good news is here. 
do not fear, the good news is here. There's an undeniable theme over and over. As the angel shows up, the angel approaches the people, and the people feel a fear. They're gripped with fear. They feel anxiety. They feel the fear, and the angel says, do not fear, good news is here. You guys know what Spotify wrapped is? If you should know what that is, raise your hand. It's all going to be right here. Okay. <laughs> the kids are into this. My children like this thing. Every year at the end of the year, if you have Spotify, they send you something they call Wrapped, which is your year in review. What did you listen to? And it's this whole, I don't know, it's pictures and colors, and it's a lot for me. I, have, I don't know what's happening. But my children show me theirs, and they're like, Dad, it shows you like the top things you listen to, and how many hours of this, and how many artists of that, and I don't know. And it, but it, basically, it's your year in review. It's become a thing. Everybody's into it. People are sharing theirs. Here's mine. This is what happened. Mine is super boring. I don't know if you could have guessed that. Yours is kind of cool. You're like, cool. Mine is uh, like you listen to the same two albums the whole time. Yours is like orange and green, and mine's just black and white, and it's like you're boring. Please unsubscribe. <laughs> I was thinking about that because as I was thinking about uh, this kind of run of the angels, I was like, if you took the angels messages and you put it into your Spotify wrapped. If you, if you could give me the summary of all the angel messages, the angel messages would be, don't, don't fear, the good news is here. It'd be the same two songs over and over. And there's always a little context and a little bit of specific detail for your situation or your situation or don't fear, worry about this or don't fear about that. But it's don't fear and the good news is coming. Over and over. The messengers of God, they, their activity summarized is just the same two songs over and over. And as a little extra, they say, don't forget, the Lord is, is here. The Lord is here. As if that wasn't quite enough. Don't fear, the good news is here, the Lord is with you. Almost like we could call that God's declaration for the season. Like there's so many messages happening at once. What is Christmas about? Well, if I asked 100 people to define Christmas to me in one sentence or less, we'd get 100 different sentences. And it's almost as if God's messengers, if God's created messengers, the angels, were bringing the whole summary of the, the season to us. Don't be afraid. Good news is coming. The Lord is with you. Which leads us to two key questions. If that's really the message of the season, if that's really what we're supposed to glean from this kind of run up to a big holiday and all the celebration and the joy and the arrival and the Savior, if that's really what it's about, then the question becomes, what is it that you fear today? Or maybe as you think about it in application of where we're at, what is it that you're afraid might steal your joy in the season? Or if you looked back at last year, what was the thing that held you back from experiencing last year's joy? What is the dread that seeps into your heart as you consider that list from the American Psychological Association? Which one of those you go, that's the one, that's me? Credit card debt, families coming, pressure for gifts, illnesses, travel. Which one of those creates a little bit of like, ugh? There's issues in the world, financial stuff is happening, health stuff is happening. There is the lack of time, it says. Lack of time It's like top of the list. There are not enough hours to accomplish this season. And the declaration is, do not fear. Not because fear in and of itself is wrong or unnatural. We've gotten that wrong in the last couple of years. We've, there's been faith versus fear. It's like fear is not wrong. Fear is not an unnatural thing. Fear without the response of faith 
that's where we get into to stress. But fear is normal. Fear is natural. Fear is a real thing. But if it's unresponded to, if we leave it and put it on a pedestal and say, fear will define my life, that's where we get into trouble. Because the second part of the declaration is not, so don't be afraid because you should never fear. The second part of the declaration is don't be afraid because good news is here. So responded to the right thing, the fear can then go away. The fear can then be dealt with. The fear can then be, can be dealt with. So identify the thing that weighs you down. Or identify the person, we don't want to admit this, the person that you will be with in the coming days that might send your anxiety spiking a little bit. Identify the thing you felt last January, whether it was the weight of finances or general exhaustion or unmet expectations. What was it last January that you went, whew, that didn't go like I hoped it would? And then once we identify the thing, the do not fear peace that we have to find. Once we identify that, then we get to begin to apply the good news. We have to figure out how to apply the good news this year to avoid the same plight as last year, not trying to oversimplify, because if this was the end, you'd go, well, that doesn't, that was nice, but that's not, what do I do with that? Sprinkle Jesus dust on your anxiety, and it'll all work out. No, I think the declaration is an invitation, and this is where we have to become active in it. The declaration is an invitation to you. Zechariah and Joseph and Mary and the shepherds, you think they still had fears? Even when the angel said, do not fear, you think they went, oh, I'm better. No, there's still a messenger of God talking to me at this moment and telling me some really big things. Mary didn't leave the the presence of Gabriel and go, it's all good now. No, she had nine months to just kind of create and work through and, oh, Every new part of pregnancy probably creates some fears in normal people, much less if you're carrying the Savior of the world. So it didn't just magically fix her fears. It was a two-part invitation. So yes, there's moments of doubt and anxiety. Yes, you might still have those things. But the invitation is to root yourself in the good news, to wrap yourself in the promises of heaven. And if you can do that in the good news, if you wrap yourself in the good news then the fear that exists, the dread that is coming, the anxiety that shows up, the stress that builds, those things get answered by a greater force. And that's really the key because those are heavy things. The stuff we deal with in the modern world, they're heavy things, they're strong things, they're powerful things, but they're not stronger than the good news. And so we have to answer the stuff that kind of is bad news in our life with a greater good news. And if we disassociate the two, it doesn't work. If you save Christmas for Christmas, I save in Christmas for Christmas Day, and we'll wake up, and we'll wear matching PJs, and we'll open our presents, and I hope it's snowing, and then it'll be so much fun. You're never going to get there. You'll be so exhausted by the time you get there that it'll never match your expectations because the whole month was all of the bad news and the dread and the stress and the anxiety, and so by the time you finally applied good news, it's too late. The, the invitation is to wrap yourselves in the promises today that the good news can overwhelm the bad news. The, the good news can overwhelm the fear. The good news can overwhelm the dread, but it requires that you apply the good news on a daily basis throughout the season. And if distractions obscure the declaration, then we have to identify those distractions. We have to mute them or turn our backs to them so that we can focus on the thing we're there for. 
We're not good at that as a people. We're not good at that as a culture. We believe that you can multitask when all of science says you cannot multitask. Your brain doesn't do that. No, but I can. Look, I'm doing two things at once. No, you're doing one thing at a time really fast. That's not multitasking. That's monotasking quickly and ineffectively. But that's what we think we want to do. And if you're trying to monotask your way through the Christmas season, you're not catching the Christmas season. You're not tuned into perfect love. You're not tuned into good news. You're not tuned into the reason you're here. You're tuned into all the wrong things. So we have to learn how to tune into the promises of heaven. And once we do, once we return to the gospel, we return to the life of Christ, we return to the cross and the resurrection, we return to what the good news really is and apply that to the season we're in and what we're welcoming back into the world that's broken. We welcome wholeness. Once we do that, we can begin to watch the things around us. We can, we can take on the stresses and the anxieties. We can take on the things that create fear and dread. And in right context, they don't win anymore. You can watch the news and see difficult things from Israel or Ukraine. You can look at the latest local tragedy and you can take heart because the author of all life is going to make all things for good. It doesn't undo the tragedy. It doesn't undo the bad news. It overwhelms it with there's a greater plan in place. Tuned into Jesus and his good news, you can find hope in your health issues. You can find wisdom with your worries and finances. You can find true rest in your deep weariness. But it requires we stay locked in and wrapped up and rooted in the good news because the declaration is not do not fear. It's do not fear the good news is here. And if we want to hear the declaration of heaven in a season like this, we have to hold both halves of it together. Our culture has created a season that has a way of drowning out the reason. We went to TJ Maxx yesterday. Have you been to TJ Maxx in the last two weeks? That is un... That's not right. But whatever, I don't know what's happening. There are things stacked up. There are women are fighting women over sweaters. So many things I couldn't believe. I was like, I walked in and my shoulders immediately went up and I overwhelmed. overwhelmed. <laughs> And my wife said, your daughter did the same thing. And I was like, I'm going to be over there standing in a corner trying not to make eye contact with anybody. And I just sort of waited. She's like, you're going to look at some stuff? I'm like, yeah, I'm going to look at some stuff. And I just kind of did this for a while. It's a lot. It's pandemonium. And then we're in line to get out where they assault you with anything that's smaller than this for whatever the price is. Oh, we need some more notepads and I could use that candle. And look at dog treats. This is cool. And you're just going more, more, more. This will, this will make me feel better. This will get rid of my anxiety if I just cover myself in tchotchkes. And so you're trying to get out of the line. And I look at my wife and I say, do you understand what is happening here? It's overwhelming. And I said, do you, what day is it? Like I really had to ask. It was my brain was fritzed. It's just TVs everywhere. My bro I couldn't understand. And she goes, um, it's the ninth. And I was like, I was really hoping it was the last Saturday before Christmas because that's supposed to be the crazy day. There's two more Saturdays between now and Christmas. Like it's only going to get worse. Whatever you've experienced so far, the Christmas season, it's only going to get worse. Oh, so I'm supposed to do the good news side. <laughs> do not fear. <laughs> the good, good news is here. 
The good news is the drum beat that drowns out the dread. That's the idea. The good news is the drum beat that drowns out the dead. So you can go through culture and you can work through our society and you can do the consumptive thing. You can live the Christmas life that, that you kind of have to get through in our society, but do so without the oncoming dread that this is all there is. The good news pushes back on busyness and stress. And then we, we think about it, and if we're rooted in the gospel, if we're rooted in the scripture, we know that one day, a thousand generations are going to sing. One day, the pain is gone. One day, a thousand generations gather around the lamb, around the king, and we sing together. And not a thousand people fighting over clothes in TJ Maxx. A thousand people are going to know the right thing. A thousand generations are going to worship the right thing, the right one the right hope, the right joy, the right love. We are going to get there and we have to keep the hope of heaven central. Otherwise, the kind of death of the world around us will take over. One day we'll sing of the King of Kings who came to rescue and redeem us. But today we have to choose to engage that good news. We have to choose to fight the distraction. We have to choose to engage the declaration. So if the good news is here and his name is Jesus, you and I have to make a conscious choice. We have, you have 14 days until we come here, we light little electric candles, we sing Silent Night, and we send you off to the wolves. Your family is waiting for you. See you later. (laughs) You have 14 days. And you can make the choice to stay connected to Jesus in 14 days. That if you haven't done it yet, it's not too late. Good news don't fear. There's good news. You can just start reading through one of the Gospels. You can go rewatch The Chosen. Stay, stay rooted and connected to Jesus. Recognize that it's central to Him. The season is central to Him. It's not central to any of the consumptive stuff. It's about Him. You have to start the day with Jesus. You have to pray that God would overwhelm your overwhelm with the presence of Jesus. If you're feeling overwhelmed, the prayer is not get rid of my overwhelm, it's overwhelm me with the greater force. It's take the thing and overwhelm me with the greater thing. Let the Jesus overwhelm my overwhelm. So, if you want this year to be different, a challenge, I guess, today is that you would choose to respond to God's declaration, that you would hide the good news in your heart and then choose to declare it to yourself throughout the day. Do not fear good news is here. And then begin to meditate on the good news. Begin to think on the good news. Begin to pray through the good news. What is that good news? The good news that the Son of God came to live a sinless life, to sacrificially take the cross on our behalf. That your sin and mine, as great as it is, as heavy as it is, as shaming as it is, as guilty as it is, that you and I, when Jesus goes to the cross, he takes all of our sin with him. And that is his blood is shed, he is a once and for all sacrifice. That you and I are now covered by his blood. We're made clean through his, we gain by his loss. Jesus conquers sin. And then the good news continues. The good news doesn't end, that Jesus is buried in a borrowed tomb. And three days later, Jesus, he's not there anymore. His friends come looking, the stone is rolled away, there is no Jesus. What has happened? He's been resurrected, that Jesus conquers death too. That the Jesus who shows up In life, in this season, the Jesus we celebrate, the life of Jesus beginning on earth is the same Jesus we celebrate when his life overcomes death. And we have to connect those two parts of the story so that we can stay rooted in what is true about the good news so that when life out there gets to be too much, it can be life in here 
with the Holy Spirit whispering to you that there is hope beyond this, there is a peace beyond this, there is a love beyond this, that the Jesus Christ, the creator of the universe, loves you, knows you by name, created you in your mother's womb, and died for you. And when that didn't feel like enough, he rose again so that you might not just have forgiveness from sins, but you would have life everlasting. That when this doesn't feel like the life you want, there's a greater life waiting. And that's the good news we're holding on to. That's the thing we're wrapping ourselves in. That's the thing we're rooting in. But you got to declare it to yourself throughout the day. Remind yourself of the hope of heaven. And then find little ways to hold on to the good news. Little strategies. You can come up with all the ones you want. You have things in your house. You have reminders taped to your mirror. You put something in your car. Don't forget, don't forget, don't forget the good news is here. I'm going to give you one. This is my suggestion. If you have a smartphone, will you take it out? This is a big problem. Highly ironic in the don't be distracted sermon, I'm going to ask you to take your smartphone out during the sermon. But go ahead and take your smartphone out. I think um, the screen is going to give away exactly what I'm about to ask you to do. And you don't have to do this, but I would actually challenge you in this season, you can set an alarm every day for 12.25 p.m. See what I did with the dates there? Um, The good news is here. I labeled mine good news, you know, because I'm not that smart. You can label yours whatever you want. But if you set a daily alarm, maybe you do it 10 times daily alarm. I don't know what you're up to. But it's as simple as this. Is you're halfway through the day, and if you haven't yet rooted back in the thing that the day is actually about, you haven't gotten to recognize the author of the day you're in, if you're not there yet, this might wake you up and go, hey, don't forget. There's good news today. And maybe throughout the season, maybe this becomes something you do in general. Maybe you have other ideas, better ideas. Email them to me. I'd love to share all the ideas. Maybe we'll put a Facebook post out and let you comment with what you do to remember the reason for the season, to remember the declaration. I'm going to turn those ringers off. I'm just kidding. (laughs) It's a simple idea, but this is a season that actually embraces the simplicity. The season declares that the Lord is with you, that you shall not fear that good news is here and his name is Jesus. And if we would root in him, embrace him, that the promises of heaven will apply to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, you uh, are patient with us. Father, I'm grateful for your patience and your love for us. I'm grateful for um, the idea even that you would set aside space and time, a season for us that we could uh, refocus on your rescue plan and your great arrival through Jesus. Father, as we uh, journey through a season, as we work our way through all of the landmines of distraction and busyness, Father, my prayer for our community is that we would be a community that is not, uh, not distracted from the real declaration. Lord, would you give us insight? Would you give us strategies? But really, would you give us a hunger for you? Create in us a desire to know you more, to be more like you, to be more in you, in all things, that your presence might infiltrate the season around us. Whether it's holiday parties or any of the stressful things that are coming up, Lord, would you lead us that we might represent you well? God, remind us of your declaration every single day. Find us searching you out and then hold us close. Be 
uh, an ever-present source of hope and joy for us in this season. Father, we love you. We thank you for Jesus. We pray this in his name. Amen.